his line seems to be that his constituents believe these allegations, and so he needs to take a stand. Josh Hawley announced last week that he would challenge Congress's certification of the presidential election. That set off a firestorm. There's a history of members of the House sort of throwing out these challenges. That's not new and that's happened on both sides. But what is unusual and almost unheard of is getting a member of the Senate to join in on that. This year's election has been unusually contentious, but Hawley was the first senator to join House members in making such a declaration. It's, he is really stepping out on a limb. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. Joining us today to talk about what Senator Hawley is up to and what it means for our democracy is Anita Mannion. She's an assistant professor of political science at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Anita, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So Congress had been set to certify the results of the presidential election tomorrow. That's January 6th. How did Hawley's declaration affect that? Well, his declaration in the end won't change the fact that the electoral votes will be certified and President-elect Joe Biden will be inaugurated on January 20th. You're certain of that. This is this is I, not going to block it. Th- this is me. I very rarely make predictions, but this is me asserting that. Yes. And there's a number of reasons I say that. Uh, first of all, to change the results, you would have to have a majority in the House and the Senate. And the House has a Democratic majority mm-hmm. that is not going to support this action. And a number of Republican senators have come out and said they're not going to support this action. But maybe I should step back and say what this action is. Mm-hmm. So Senator Hawley has said that he's going to challenge the certification of the Electoral College vote, which is usually this rote process that we never talk about, right? Yeah. I mean, this is (laughs) I don't remember ever paying attention to this step. Nobody does, because usually by this point, we've already had um, sort of a consensus about who's president. The person who lost the election has conceded. We are in the transition process. But that's different this year. And to have this sort of challenge and to have debate about it, you have to have a member of the House and a member of the Senate say in writing that they are challenging those electors. And in the past, it's actually been fairly common for members of the House to voice some objections, but it is rare and almost unheard of to get a member of the Senate to join into that. Hmm. So by Hawley opening up this door in the Senate to say, yes, I'm I'm joining in what the House is doing, um, what does that mean for this process? Will it remain a a pretty rote process or is he going to be able to make his case? It will give him and others uh, five minutes each. So for each state they object to, there'll be a two-hour debate, one for the House and one for the Senate, in which members of Congress will have five minutes to assert their position. So uh, it it might not be the most cohesive debate or um, sort of hearing, but it will give folks an opportunity to state their case for five minutes for each state that they challenge. What it will also do is probably drag this process that will start tomorrow afternoon on for a very long evening for members of Congress. And so is it only the challengers who are out there making their case? Is there going to be some sort of rebuttal to what they're throwing out there? 
No, others will have opportunity to make their case as well. And then what it does, it is going to, and one of the reasons that Senator Mitch McConnell was opposed to this sort of challenge, is it's going to force a vote where particularly members of the Senate, Republican members of the Senate, could be put in a difficult position where they have to vote to accept these certification results or not. And for some, this can be seen as a loyalty test for President Trump. Hmm. So this is something that the majority leader desperately wanted to avoid. This is this is Mitch McConnell. Um, why do you think Hawley decided to buck him and go ahead with this challenge, opening this door to this whole rigmarole? Hawley has shown himself in his very short tenure as a senator to be one who has been successful at making a name for himself on the national stage. Mm. This contributes to that. He's being covered by ever, every major, major news outlet um, across the nation. It also gives him an opportunity to align himself with President Trump, which he has consistently done, even when that's in opposition to the party line. For example, those $2,000 stimulus checks that both Hawley and Trump supported, but the majority of Republicans did not support. So does Mitch McConnell now have the ability to get back at Hawley? Obviously, Hawley has, you know, he's he's done something here McConnell didn't want him to do. Could he face repercussions for this within his own party? It's possible. Um, but I think more so, Hawley is seemingly positioning himself for a 2024 presidential run, or at the very least, falling into maybe a vice presidential slot. And so while party leaders could go against that, they might be hesitant if he has the blessing of Donald Trump, because although President Trump will be out of office on January 21st, he's not going to lose his voice and his influence over a big segment of the Republican Party. As long as he has his Twitter, Twitter handle, and as he calls it, Trump media, he will be able to continue to influence voters and thus the party. So Holly may be untouchable to a certain faction of Republicans by, by virtue of this move. I think that's right. And I think that he's really tied himself less to sort of a traditional conservative orthodoxy and more to that Trumpian populist orthodoxy. Um, and so I think that he's going to continue to use that to differentiate himself from other Republicans. So let's talk a little bit about the substance of what Hawley is up to. And I guess the first question is, is there any substance? Has he has he made any sort of case that I guess he's challenging one state? Is that correct, Pennsylvania? Well, I think they plan on challenging several states, but Hawley is sort of zeroed in on Pennsylvania. Uh, but I think that there's a, a several Michigan, Pennsylvania, several states we'll see when they ultimately uh, take this vote tomorrow. But I think a several of the swing states they will challenge. Um, but it's he is really stepping out on a limb and showing himself to sort of take this different position that's in opposition with a number of Republican leaders. We've saw John Danforth from Missouri and Wagner from Missouri uh, criticize this. I think when you ask, is there any merit to it? Senator Hawley has been pressed to say, do you think that President Trump will be president on January 21st? And he is not in any way committed to that. His line seems to be that his constituents believe these allegations, and so he needs to take a stand. Hmm. So sort of the classic, I'm just asking questions here. That's that's the pose he's going for. That's right. He said this is his opportunity to have these concerns heard on behalf of his constituents. Now, of course, a large number of constituents believe these 
baseless claims about voter fraud because the president and others have continued to spread them. So I think Hawley is sort of trying to walk a tightrope there. He does note that Democrats have objected to certifying past elections. I believe he cited 2004 and 2016 as a time when, when Democrats pulled a similar maneuver. Does he have a good point with that? He's not wrong on that. Um, there's a history of members of the House sort of throwing out these challenges. That's not new and that's happened on both sides. But what is unusual and almost unheard of is getting a member of the Senate to join in on that. Because without a member of the Senate chiming in, then you don't have this actual pause and debate and challenge um, like we're going to see tomorrow. And so in 2004 was the rare exception to that when you had Senator Barbara Boxer, who's a Democrat, go ahead and join members of the House in a challenge. They challenged just Ohio, but I would say, uh, so, so Senator Hawley is correct in that. I would say the difference is that at that point, John Kerry had long ago conceded the race for president. So there wasn't an actual dispute as to the election results. And Senator Barbara Boxer actually said that, that she was not um, trying to overturn the election, but wanted it instead to shed a light on voter suppression that they believe was occurring in Ohio. Okay, so she was not advancing that, trying to say we should stop this, this, this person shouldn't take office. She wanted to discuss some of the issues. That's correct. Okay. Well, I want to talk about one other thing here that's less directly related to Missouri, but it, it feels like this has been the big question everybody's been talking about in the last 24 hours. The news just seems to change on this topic so fast these days. But this has to do with the role of Vice President Pence. Uh, president Trump recently tweeted, the vice president has the power to reject fraudulently chosen electors. He seems to be saying that Mike Pence could just single-handedly block Biden from taking office. Do you believe he's correct about that? I do not. Uh, there was a lawsuit filed trying to assert that Vice President Pence had that power, and Vice President Pence disagreed with the lawsuit, and uh, the lawsuit was thrown out. And what he does basically is he presides over the Senate. That's part of the vice president's role. And he would read the results aloud, uh, preside over the Senate and declare the winner. You know, Vice President Al Gore had to do that in 2000 when he was the one who lost that very close election. So it, it, this is not a new process. And even if Vice President Pence, which I don't believe he will, tried to do something sort of uh, extra legal, we might call it, mm -hmm. the Congress would have the power to override him. So even in sort of the most hypothetical possibility that President Trump might dream up, I do not believe that that is going to happen. Okay. Well, that's some reassurance for people who've been very worried about that scenario. Anita, I just, I'm going to take a quick call here. We have a caller who wants to join the conversation. We just have a minute, but I'd, I'd like to hear from her. Uh, this is Peggy, who's calling from Webster Groves. Peggy, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to thank you both. Um, Josh Hawley appears to be a very transparent career politician. And for those of us that were around when he ran for Missouri AG, we remember the commercials of the guys climbing ladders and him pledging that he was not a career politician. I agree with um, Anita that it seems like his intention is to build his dossier for the presidential run of 2024. And I hope that the citizens of Missouri um, can see through this transparency because he is showing us who he is. 
Well, Peggy, thank you so much for sharing that perspective. It's interesting to hear how this is playing with the voters. Anita, do you see a way that this could hurt him, that ordinary Missourians who did support President Trump very strongly might not like this tactic? I I think it will probably play well in Missouri. And I think that Senator Hawley has been very careful every time he talks about it to talk about what the people of Missouri wants and how he's representing that. I agree that it seems pretty clear to me that he's trying to propel himself onto the national stage for a possible 2024 uh, run. And I think one piece of evidence is how he's already springboarded this into a fundraising initiative. If you Google Josh Hawley, the first thing that's going to come up is a fundraising initiative that is tied to uh, this challenge. Wow. Well, this is all going to go down tomorrow. Anita Mannion has assured us that she does not (laughs) see it having a chance of victory. And Anita, I want to thank you so much for for sharing your insight into this and being willing to go out on a limb and and make a prediction for this one single time. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Don't expect it again. (laughs) (laughs) That's the last prediction you will hear from Anita Mannion. (laughs) Thank you, Anita. Thanks so much. And Anita, again, is an assistant political science professor at the University of Missouri, St. Louis. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.